Let's make our confession before we're seated and um, declare what we know to be the truth about us. It's good to see everybody. Uh, Pastor Bill and I are back, as you notice, we're here. <laughs> uh, better than ever, stronger than ever. Amen. Let's say this together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. You can be seated. Give God a hand this morning. He's a good God. He loves you, cares about you. Um. I just want to clear up a little something because um, those of you that are watching online and those of you that are here today, um, we, my, my husband and I, four of us actually ladies who pray together of the six got COVID at the same time. Um, I don't think that the devil was excited about our prayer meeting every day from 1115 to 12. And we'd been doing that for quite a long time. And so it happened just like that. And then our husbands all had the COVID as well. It wasn't the church who had the COVID. It was the leadership. And I just want to tell people that because you don't need to be afraid of assembling yourselves together in the spirit of God. People are in the grocery store. People are out doing all kinds of things. Uh, church is not a place to be fearful of. And so uh, that the COVID didn't start in the church. It started in our prayer group. And we defeated the devil, every one of us. And we're back praying again. That did not stop us. And we are not going to stop because this election is not the end of all ends. What needs to happen in the earth has got to happen in the church. And so that's why we're praying and we're standing against every work of the enemy. This particular virus was made by man to destroy man. Listen, that is the devil. That is the devil at work. He hates the people of God especially, and it's, it was designed to kill people. Hallelujah. The rate of people my age, 70 and up, is 95% recover from COVID. You don't hear those numbers. It, it's like 99.7 in the age group 18 to 24, something like that. And so I think we need to focus on the goodness of God to deliver us from evil and set us in a high place rather than continually focusing on what the devil has done. Because in my Bible, it says he's defeated, that we have power and authority and dominion over the works of the enemy. And yes, it is not a, uh, it's not an exciting time to go through COVID. But if you know the Lord, he will tell you what to do. He will show you. And I remember the second night I had it, you don't stay awake a lot. Uh, you just kind of sleep a lot with it, but at least in my case. But uh, I said, Lord, I need you to tell me something so that I know how to go through this with the anointing of God. Yeah. And immediately I heard, fear not, for I am with you. Amen. Fear not, for I am with you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. And when you walk through the waters... You'll not be drowned when you go through the fire. You'll not be burnt. Fear not. Amen. That was a song we used to sing. Do you remember it? Fear not, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. Yeah. Well, I got that going about midnight at night. And then, you know, when you get a word from God like that, it, the healing power of Jesus just comes on you. Now, you know, I, I walked through that whole thing. 
But I am, I am walking through things. I am not going to stop in the middle. And people, if you're watching today, you need to stop stopping in the middle. There's a lot of people stuck in this thing. We are going to have viruses. We're going to have things that come in the earth. But praise be to Jesus, we got the word. And we get it out and we use it as a weapon formed against the devil to stop us. I mean, to stop him from attacking us and our families. Amen. So there is victory after COVID. Uh, there is. And uh, I do know this. What the enemy intended also with that is to take your energy, to deplete your energy and make you not want to get going again. And we just have to make ourselves. How many of you know you just have to make yourself get up and get dressed to go to church? Just like you have to make yourself get up and go through your day. But, you know, with Jesus, we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. And so I believe that nothing has changed. Nothing has changed in the kingdom of God. Nothing has changed. No matter what's going on in this earth, the kingdom of heaven is okay. And as long as you're a part of that, you're okay too. Amen? Father, I thank you this morning for the word of God. I thank you that we need to remember every day, Lord, that we are not alone, that you are always with us. You will never leave us or forsake us. And regardless of the situations going around us, or coming against us, we keep our focus, like it says in Hebrews chapter 12, we keep our focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we focus on you today, Lord. Help us to see you in your greatness, in your ability to take care of us. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I'm going to finish this series on sealing and visibility unlimited because I believe nothing has changed in our sight if we're looking at it like the Lord looks at it. Everything is still going forward. I saw something on Facebook yesterday. It was a road. I think Heather put it up there and shows this road. And it says, stop looking backward. You're not going that direction. <laughs> Amen? Start looking forward and believe that God has great things ahead for us. Yeah. Nothing has changed. So today's message is by many or by few. Uh, I think that sometimes we think that maybe we're outnumbered. But there's no way to be outnumbered when Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You have already won in that situation. You're already an overcomer. And in 1 Kings, it's just a very brief uh, story. But I think it's, uh, or 1 Samuel, it's a, it's a great story. And it's uh, about Jonathan, uh, Saul's son. And you don't read a lot about him. But he came uh, up with a, uh, in a position, an opportunity that he took advantage of to de defeat the Philistines. Uh, by himself with just his uh, armor bearer with him. You know, sometimes we think that it's just me. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Elijah today. You know, he thought he was the only prophet left, and God said, get over yourself. You are not the only one that's left. You know, sometimes we can have that feeling like, gee, it's just me, you know, and nobody else. And Jonathan, uh, at this point in time, the Philistines were challenging uh, the Israelites, and it says that they had no weapons because their weapons were uh, sharpened, their swords, their things were sharpened by the Philistines. They had put themselves in a position where the enemy had control in that arena of their lives, of their weaponry. And so just Saul and Jonathan had a sword that, that worked. 
And it, that's what it says. And it says, the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash. And I'm going to read from 14, verse 1. Now, it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts in Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Begron. And the people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing the ephod. So everybody's in a position to hear from God. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. Have you ever felt like you're between a rock and a hard place? Yeah. That's, where he, they, that's where he was. And it says the name of one was Bozes and the other was Sinna. And the front of one faced northward, opposite of Michmash, and the other southward, opposite of Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor. Now, there's these two guys. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And he says to his armor bearer, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. What does that mean? They are going to overcome. Because the enemy does not have a deliverer. Amen? Your enemy, whatever you're facing, does not have what you have. You have a deliverer. And so when he said a garrison, that was like a troop of, of the enemy. But he was saying there's a troop over there, but they're uncircumcised. What does that mean? They have no defense against God and us because God is on our side. And so they, he says, come, let us go over and, and to this garrison of these uncircumcised, it may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing, restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I believe there's a lot of people in the body of Christ right now that think, you know, we're, who are we? Well, we are somebody because of the Lord. And if the Lord does fight for us. If we are fighting for what he once fought for. Can I say that again? If we're going after his will, he will be with us in that battle. And so uh, this is what he said. So the armor bearer said to him, do all that's in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. That's a pretty good person to have alongside you. Uh, then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. Do you know God can show us what to do? Oh, that's our precious new baby. That's Shiloh back there letting us know she's here. She has a voice already. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there goes her mother, and I need nothing out the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's the sweetest little thing. She's two weeks old, but she's already in church. Amen? Amen. And then he says, very well, let us cross over to these men. We'll show ourselves to them. But he said that under these conditions, if we show ourselves and they say thus and thus, then we'll stand still. You know, you need to know what God's saying. God will give you direction. But 
if they say this, then we're going over because the Lord has delivered them into our hand. The Lord has delivered them. Everybody say the Lord. The Lord. There's still just two of them. And there's a garrison of Philistines. But the Lord can save by many or by few. Why? Because the Lord is greater. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The greater one is always with us when God gives us something to do. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. And then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan, his armor bearer, and said, come up to us. Well, that's exactly what they knew was a sign that the Lord was going to be on their side. And we will show you something. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. It doesn't even say what he had to do. And as he came after them, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within a half acre of land. How do you think that 20 men, I mean, coming against them, the two of them were able to overcome very quickly? Why? Because the Lord will save by many or by few if the Lord is on our side. I believe there's things that God's going to ask us to do as we go through uh, this after this election. You know, there will be life after the election. And I'm believing that our president will be the president because I, I look at the things that he's accomplished that have to stand for the truth of the word of God. So I have to stand with someone who stands for the truth of the word of God because one day I'll see the Lord and I want to be able to say I was on your side. <laughs> Not just the side of the person that I'm standing for. That means I'm on the Lord's side. And this election isn't going to be settled by us. I truly believe God is going to intervene in this election. And he is going to show himself strong. And he will. He will overcome. Whether by many or by few. In Jesus' name. You know, I drive by and I see signs in the yard. And I just say, cancel the vote. And my, my husband, he was real brave. Our neighbor, they have a sign in their yard opposite of what we would be voting. And he said to my husband, have you voted? And my husband said, yes, I went and canceled yours today. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're still waving at us. So, you know, we, are, we live in a free nation. People can vote for who they want to vote for. But I do believe there is a certain amount of ignorance that would be in someone that would vote for somebody who blatantly, both part people running vice president and president, say they believe in aborting babies, even after they're born. If you don't want them, you can just let them die. That is way beyond. That is a demonic control, a stronghold. And we are called as a church to break those strongholds off of people's lives because they're living in a very destructive place. We're to have mercy not to judge and be angry, but to have mercy and say, God, deliver them from this, in, this lie that the enemy has brought and used all kinds of excuses. But the bottom line is that what the word says is true. And we stand for the word of God. And life is what Jesus came for. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So we stand for what we believe the word of God says. 
And uh, I know they say, well, you're not supposed to be political. My parents, you know, were in that generation where you don't talk politics or religion. Well, somebody needs to talk both. And talk a lot. And make sure people know the truth. Because we will live whatever happens. Because those that are in authority do have authority. And so we, we escape it by the blood of Jesus, some of those things. But there are rules and regulations that we will be subject to. I'm believing for righteousness to rule in our nation. You know, I was looking at Daniel. I happen to be reading Daniel right now. I'm in the last part of reading through the Bible this year. And um, I, love this, I love the book of Daniel. Uh, it's just like the book of Joshua to me. It just shows what one young man can do. You know, I was thinking yesterday... I was, uh, I took myself to breakfast and um, <laughs> to, um, what is that place called, Bill? Christos. And um, sometimes I'll go there and they have an omelet. And I just was hungry, so I thought, I'm just going to take myself out to eat. So I went over there and I was eating and, and there was two young couples, young couples over here eating. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, buy their breakfast. You're always wanting young people to get into church. Uh, so is seeding those young people right there and buy their breakfast. I thought, well, I am praying for them to get to church. But, you know, I wasn't thinking that's the way we're going to do it. You know, I'm going to go around buy breakfast for everybody. But it's not my money. You know, I work for the Lord. And so this lady that she, I always ask for her if I ever go there. And she, she came over and I said, now, um, I would like to take care of the bill for those people. She goes, all four of them? I thought, well, what am I going to say? No, the two on the left. You know? <laughs> I can't say that. You know, so I said, I said, yes, I said, you know, the Lord sometimes just tells me that he wants to bless somebody. And I just, I just do what he tells me. Oh, she said, it's a calling. I said, yes, yes, it's a calling. And so she brought everything and I took care of it and I left. But, you know, I thought the Lord is always wanting to see if we're sincere about what we're praying for. Uh, are you willing to pay a little price for this? Not that I'm going to buy them into the kingdom of God or into church, but it's saying, Lord, I have my focus on this generation right here. And uh, they're young, and it was a pretty big bill. I mean, they didn't spare. They were hungry kids. <laughs> but, you know, that didn't even phase me. Plus, I want to make sure that the lady that I was taking care of me, I took care of her on both of those. And so I left there thanking God for the opportunity to, to invest in what I'm believing for. Amen? You know, by many or by few. You know, it might just have been those four, but I don't know what that set loose for us in the kingdom of God. Because I am believing that our nursery will be full. Our, our two- and three-year-olds will be full. Our preschool will be full. Our children's area. Listen, if we don't get these generations of young people, there's going to be a challenge in the future. And it's not maybe going to affect me, but it will affect my kids, my grandkids, your kids, your grandkids. This is a, this is a time to know what God's saying and to be obedient, to reach out for these people that don't know Jesus. And I don't know whether they knew Jesus or not, but I said, this is what you tell them. She goes, okay. It's like, now she's with me. You know, she's going to be my helper. Bless her heart. She's so sweet. And uh, I said, you just tell him the Lord loves him, and he just wanted to bless him today. Okay. Okay, I got it. 
And so off she went. I left. I don't know what happened. But I do know that she would have told him exactly what I said because for her, it was a calling. I mean, it got real serious. I mean, for her, well, the things God wants to do, you know, that need, it needs to affect people like that. Ooh, gosh, it's a calling. Yes, it's a calling. God's calling me to do this. And so, you know, she needs to know, well, you know, when you stand up for the Lord, sometimes things don't always go the way you plan them to go. And certainly Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they were in a position where they took a stand from day one when they ended up in Babylon. They were brought there to serve the king. I mean, they were good looking. They had all the attributes that the king would want to be his servants. And so they were chosen. You know the story, Daniel. They refused to eat the food that everybody else ate, but they looked better than the rest of them after 10 days of eating what they felt. So eventually all of that promoted them. But it wasn't the, the man over them that promoted them or the king. It was God. God promoted them because they did what God told them to do. And they withstood the situation. They trusted that God would take care of them in that situation. And so when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were really trapped by those that didn't like them, uh, and, and they wouldn't worship this big gold thing that Nebuchadnezzar made of himself, they wouldn't bow down to it. Uh, and, and so they ended up in a bad situation, a situation where it was just them. Now, remember, the Lord can save by many or by few. But I love this story because it says God even gets involved in your mess. Everybody say, God gets involved in my messes. <laughs> you know, and, and especially if you're standing up for the things of God. And so it says that... Um, they, they wouldn't worship. And so it says in verse 15, now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute. They've been called before the king, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music. And you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. How many of you know there's a lot of things out there want you to fall down to it right now? It's, it, it's all over. And Shad, it, it says, but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fire furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, you have no need to, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we serve the gold image which you have set up. So they've taken a stand. And it's three of them against the king and the people who want to destroy him. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he, he gets really upset over this, that they won't bow down to him. And, of course, you know, he has that furnace fired up real hot. Even the men who took him up to throw him in end up burned up in the situation because the fire was so hot because he was so mad that he got after it really quick to destroy them because they wouldn't bow down to him. How many of you know people that don't like when you stand for what's righteous in the situation? Well, we still stand. We still stand. And it says, then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he wrote, as these three men, I'll start at 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound, down, bound into the midst of the burning fire furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar 
was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True king. He said, Well, look, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Say, he's going through the fire with me. You know, there's a song that, that we've, we're, we're in the process of learning if we get back to our rehearsals. But this is, it's called Another in the Fire. It was written by Hillsong. It says, there's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross. Everybody say, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. Amen. I believe that we could be under fire a lot more than we've been under fire going forward. I don't think that this election is going to solve anything. I think it'll escalate whatever happens. But the word of God says that we're going to go through these situations. But there's another in the fire. There's always someone in it with us. We've got to start looking at what is really true for us as believers in order to get the victory for what we're facing. And there is another in the fire, no matter what it is when we take a stand. He finally, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word. <laughs> I'd like to frustrate some words. How many of you like to frustrate... <laughs> some words, and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Say, our God reigns. Um, you know, I believe we're going to be in a season in the church. I believe it's coming. I, I know it's going to come in this church uh, of worship. You know, that is our greatest weapon that we have against the enemy is worship. And sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. Uh, Wednesday night, I was over here at the keyboard. We were going to sing something uh, for the offering. And I started hearing this song that says, um, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender to my God. I surrender to the king. You know, there's going to have to be a surrender in the church to the kingdom of God. Not just the church's church. I mean, a surrender to whatever it is that God's going to say. Because we know God will save by many or by few. We will not be burnt. We will not be drowned. Because we have been redeemed. Everybody say, I've been redeemed. And so um, the, the last thing I was looking at was um, the scripture in 1 Kings 18. Where Elijah, you know, he, he did think he was like the last of all the people that were standing for God. Um, and he was just a man. Everybody say, just a man. You know, he, if, as we look at the story, you got to remember at the end of it, he ran off and hid because Jezebel said she's going to kill him. You know, some woman got mad and he ran and hid. <laughs> Seriously, some lady got mad and off he went. He, and he hid. And honestly, if you read it, you'll see that God, God was not pleased with him in the end. Uh, there's a lot of people who've stood for the things of God and their ending was not as good as their middle <laughs> or their beginning. You know, because the enemy will attack. He will attract, attack and try to discredit. And so when Elijah hid in the end, God said, okay, you're going to appoint somebody else to take it from here, which was Elisha. 
But, you know, there's times, there's seasons where when the enemy gets the advantage and we fall back for our protection, God will send somebody else into position. God will always take care of us. He will always take care of us. He's never angry. He always loves us. But when you're called to battle, then there's a place where you have to stand. And Elijah stood uh, even against 450 prophets of Baal. Him alone and 450 prophets of Baal. I kind of feel like that's what our presidents had to do at times in the last four years. I mean, it, it's like everybody, everybody is after him. But what they're after is what God is doing. It's the enemy after what God is doing. It's not about a person. It's about the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. And when you're aware of what you're, what's going on, then you know how to fight. But if you just keep thinking it's a person, uh, I, I, I like our president. I believe he's done great things. I don't know that he knows the reason he's done those things is because God was on his side. Could I say that again? We do great things because we serve a great God. <laughs> if we do things that glorify the kingdom of God, God gets all the glory. He's the one that is fighting the battle for this nation. He's using our president, so we need to pray. And he's using senators, and he's using congressmen. This isn't just one man. This is a, this is a force that God has in Washington trying to deliver this nation from evil. That's what God is doing. And that's what the people of God should be supporting. It's not, it's not the man. It's the evil will be defeated because God is greater. And it's the church that's going to be responsible, like what Pastor Dan said, because we're the ones who know how to fight evil. The world doesn't know what to do with evil. The world has no idea what to do with evil. And so when Elijah got in this position, this is where I think we are today. There's two opinions, they call it. We have two opinions. We have two parties. We have two opinions. We have two platforms. We have two uh, belief systems going on in our nation. And in this nation, because we're free, we get to vote for which, which one we want to rule. But I believe there's a lot of people who don't have an understanding of what they're, they're, they're voting against a person, not voting for a, a, a belief system. Because if you're voting for a belief system, you're going to stand for righteousness if you're a Christian. You have to stand for the truth of the word of God. And so when the enemy comes and he lies and makes it about a person, then people get lost in that cause rather than the cause that we're really fighting. And that's when there's a problem. So in the church, there should be people preaching from the pulpit in all churches that this is a battle for good and evil. And we need to get on the right side. So if you're watching and you've tuned me out, see ya. If you're still there, <laughs> if you're still there, this is a critical time for the church because we know what to do with the devil. We have instructions and we have authority. But if we keep our eyes shut and our mouth shut in the kingdom of God, we have a weapon called prayer. 
We have a weapon to call upon the name of the Lord. And that's exactly what Elijah said. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? I believe that's what we need to say to the people of the United States. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bowls and let them choose one bowl for them and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put, on, put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl, lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. Then you call in the name of your gods and I will call in the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Okay, so that we're all in agreement. Well, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bowl. And they, they got their bowl and they began to pray. And it says, so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and you must wake him up. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. Do you know, the life is in the blood. This is demonic. This is demonic. I saw on Facebook where uh, someone walked up to one of Sean Fike's people and threw blood on him. When we have been praying in here in the morning, we heard coven of witches, coven of witches bind the work of the coven of witches. There are witches in Washington, D.C. that need to be bound. What, what Elijah is doing here is he is saying the God that you serve, that demonic force you are serving, is not going to be able to do what you need to be done. He will not. Lots of promises, but doesn't show up. That's exactly what's going on with evil. And so it says, uh, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I am just believing for such a move of God that people see the fire of God fall. And there is no denying that the person that we have messed with in this nation is not a person. It is God Almighty. We have abused what God has given us. And God has given us opportunity to make a change. And he's saying to the church, you are the people I hold responsible. If my people who are called by my name, probably most of you that are watching have gotten off by now. <laughs> but I just believe we are, we are going to make a turn this week. We are going to make a turn this week. It has nothing to do with who's elected. It has to do with the church awakening and the church beginning to say, our God will show up. Our God will show up because we are going to call on him and he is going to show up. In this situation, for us, for our family, for our children, for the future generations, our God is going to reign because he is who he says he is. He is a good God, and he loves us all. He even loves those that are against him. And it says, then Elijah said, come near. And then Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then the stones he, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench. He poured water on it, not once, not twice, but three times. That was the thing they didn't have was water. 
because it hadn't rained. You know, I think sometimes we talk about the last of the story where it starts raining. But to me, this is the story right here. This is the story. Once he proved who God was to those people, then God let the rain go. Once he took that stand, God will save by many or by few. It doesn't matter. This is one man. And it says he put the wood in order, cut the bowl in pieces, laid it on the wood, filled four water pots with water, poured it on there once, second time, third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Do you know the only sacrifice we have, church? Praise. Amen? Amen. It's praise. And then at the time of that offering, the sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that I'm great. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up all the water. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. They seized them and they destroyed them. God will overcome your adversary. He will overcome those who stand against us in this nation when the church stands up and says, my God will show up. He is a show-up kind of God. He is a show-up God in my situation. And whether there's just me or the whole group, everybody in the church, everybody in the body of Christ, if we stand up for God, he will stand up for us. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. And whether it's by many or by few, we thank you, Lord, that you're watching over your word. It says that you hasten to perform your word. And I thank you, Lord, you're performing your word in our nation. You're performing our wor your word in this state. You're performing the word in the places where people are lifting up your name. And we lift up your name above every other name, Jesus. We know there's life in the blood. There is no remission for sin except in the blood. And you shed your blood so that we could have a defense against the sin and the evil in this world. And we call upon the name of Jesus. We call upon the name of Jesus today, the name that is above every name that is mentioned. And we pray, I pray for, for all those that are running for office. I pray that the Spirit of God would touch their hearts, that the Spirit of God would open their eyes, and that people would hear and know. Those that are going to vote this week that still have to vote, that they will hear from the Spirit of God. But most of all, Lord, I pray for people to know Jesus. Because no matter who's president of our country, no matter who's a king in this world, if people do not have Jesus, they do not have answers. They do not have what they need. And I pray for you that are watching today. If you've never received Jesus, if you've never given him the opportunity to be the Lord of your life, to be, to be your adversary, or not your adversary, but your advocate against the adversary, to be the one who will deliver you in your worst situation. He is a deliverer. He delivered in every one of these situations. 
that we talked about today, and he will deliver you. He can deliver you from drugs. He can deliver you from alcohol. He can deliver you from any addiction that you face because he loves you. He loves you. He created you for such a time as this. And we're going to pray. And if, you, if you're out there or you're in this room, if you're here or you hear this later, it's never too late to call upon Jesus. And when you call upon him, he will show up just like he did for Elijah. Just, just like he did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just like he did for Jonathan. In those stories we talked about today. Because he's a show-up God. He shows up when you call on him. He's a good God. And let's pray this together. Pray after me. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He will take over your life. And he will come in and he'll be what you aren't. He will be able to fill that void that's in your life. And he will change your circumstances today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved me enough to go to Calvary and shed your blood to take care of sin that would affect my life. I've sinned, made mistakes, but today I yield my life to you. Help me. Help me to be what you want me to be, what you created me to be. And thank you in advance for being the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For all of you here today and for those listening, I believe it's time for us to pray like we have never prayed. And it's not going to be over on November 4th. We're going to have to start being the church 24-7. We've got to be who God's called us to be and be on duty for whatever it is that God's saying for us to do and not be fearful because by many or by few, it's unlimited what we can do because our God is with us and he will not leave us or forsake us. You know, the scripture that I uh, thought that last came to me was Elisha when they were surrounded by an army and and his servant said, boy, you know, like we're done for because you've seen what's out there. And he said, Lord, open his eyes. That's exactly the scripture that we started with, with this whole series, Ephesians 1, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened as to what is our power and the greatness of our God in the earth today for us to do the things that God's given us to do. So I want you to say this. I am called for such a time as this. I belong to the Lord. He is always with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. He guides me. He shows me what to say, shows me what to do. I have no fear. He will always stay with me, and he will always deliver me from evil as I look to him because he is my deliverer. He is my savior. He is my healer, and I walk in authority and dominion of the word of God. I represent the king of kings. He is Lord, and I am his servant, and I speak what he tells me to speak, and I do what he tells me to do. Therefore, thanks be to God, who always gives me the victory. Therefore, I am steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, and my labor will not be in vain. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Go and be blessed. God loves you. Amen.